0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to The 415. The 415 is a new monthly program where we review what's been going on in the news, pagan and otherwise. The 415 is brought to you in part by The Wild Hunt in cooperation with Desperate Housewitches. Please note, the views expressed on this show are our own and not reflective of the positions of The Wild Hunt, or any of its entities or associates. Please note, we will perhaps use strong language, and uh, we wanted to warn you about that. My name is Raina Starr, and joining me is the 415's other host, star Bustamante. Let's get into it. Hey, Star. Hey, Raina. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? What's happening in the news? Let's uh, let's talk about some things happening this uh this past month. It's been interesting, yeah?
1: Well, there's been a lot going on. Um, there's, uh, I think that uh, a lot of the coronavirus news has definitely uh, overshadowed some of the other things uh, going on. Uh, one of the big things that happened in June that has gotten very little uh, media coverage is that... Uh, the Voice of America which is uh, run by the US Agency for Global Media Mm. and is funded by the government Trump had nominated uh, a new person to be the CEO to oversee that and Uh the person that he that he nominated was michael pack
0: so who's that um who's that do we know who that dude is
1: well um sadly we do know who he is um oh. pack uh actually is an a, a friend and associate of Bannon, uh, of bannon uh Steve oh, great. Bannon for For those of you who may have forgotten or been trying to forget um Dannen was uh, he was an advisor uh to uh, to trump both on his campaign and when he first got into office and was also heavily yep. involved with brett bart news uh which is extreme uh right wing uh Propaganda machine is really the only. I don't really think you can call them news. Anyway, yeah. uh, Pack also um, is a was a conservative filmmaker. um, In in addition, in addition to all of that, uh, he did at one point Mm -hmm. I think serve uh, with National
0: Public Broadcasting. Really, but that's an interesting one right there. So this guy—so is this guy a staunch conservative? I'm assuming so. Yes. Okay. He is. So, so he went from something like NPR, and and is not, not or is NPR, what, is like oh, PBS, oh. like public broadcasting. Oh. I think
1: is is, wow. is where where he was. Still shocking. Um, yeah, but so. And, and I'm not sure exactly what the timeline on that, or like how long ago that was. Um, right.
0: But um, you know, it's it, it's interesting. Is Steve was Steve Bannon? Now correct me if I'm wrong because I I can't remember. Um, I remember Steve Bannon being a member of Breitbart or running Breitbart. I remember Steve Bannon um, is like one of these ultra. Trump supporters. I'm not sure about how hard right he leans. However, um, is he from the same racist wing as, say, a Stephen Miller? He is. Okay, very good. Yeah. So we've got that information. So now let's let's tell the folks that don't know about Voice of America and what how Voice of America was started um, many many years ago during the Great War as. Some of our elders would right. like call it so um, right so oh,
1: that... right yeah, so go ahead. uh so basically um Voice of america was um was started a, it really as kind of a um a way to get they banded all of these uh shortwave radio operators uh who had been operating independently uh, kind of under under one one banner. Um, and it was originally run under uh, the um, Office of War Information. Oh. So it kind of consolidated it, and it was a way for them to get um, radio broadcasts and broadcast American news uh, into, into places like the Philippines and uh, really all, o- all over the world. Which was critical um, during uh, from the time that we got into World War II um, and and beyond, but it was critical during during World War II. Um, Right after after the war was over, then um, it became uh, under the jurisdiction basically of the State Department. Um, Interesting, and then in nineteen then in 1953, it was uh, under the U.S. Information a- a- Agency, uh, which was abolished in, in 1999, and uh, mm-hmm. then it came to be uh, under the supervision of the Broadcasting Board of Governors, uh, which is <laughs> an, an autonomous U.S. Uh, government agency, and it's bipartisan. And there's there's also a okay. um, a fi- a firewall in place that prevents it from being being used as a partisan tool uh, so that so that there's there's not you know in in nineteen seventy six uh part of their charter uh, uh, was cre- the charter was created and then uh, both in nineteen ninety four and in two thousand and sixteen uh more was added to 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 the laws to make sure that no partisan uh, group would have you know impact or uh, impact the standards of of journalism so it would so it would be independent
0: now what's okay happened so let me see if I understand so far. so we have an entity that was that was not a partisan entity. And now we have it being run after all these years. We now have it being run by someone who is obviously partisan, obviously a a Trump supporter. So what happens now to the quality of what will be coming out of Voice of America now? What can we expect this long-held tradition, this long-standing institution, which is now being no longer run in a bipartisan or nonpartisan way, what can we expect with this new person installed?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Um, You know, first of all, Michael Pack barely got confirmed uh, to this position, the vote was delayed uh, because of an ongoing investigation as to whether or not he had misused funds when he was at Public Media Lab, which was a nonprofit of that, that of he course. ran. Um, shortly after he was confirmed, um, it was really kind of a little bit of a massacre. Um, once he took a uh, position of the office of CEO he began firing um top executives, and he fired everybody on uh, the advisory board uh of federally funded international broadcasters right so So they had an advisory board that was completely nonpartisan. He fired basically everybody anybody that didn't fire that he didn't fire like if they thought they were going to be fired they they resigned um which uh two women who had who had um uh, been running holding high ranking positions uh both re- resigned before he could fire them um you know it, it, so it did, it doesn't look good i mean like in the other things that he did um was he removed the heads of um, radio free asia radio free europe uh, what's the name of the other uh, basically he's just and he also froze all all funding or you know no hiring uh, basically froze all of their 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 finances so in response oh, wow. to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and who he wanted to appoint uh, were basically um, five Trump uh, um, appointees, one of which was an mm-hmm. attorney who works for the Christian Legal Defense Defense and, and and advocacy group. Um, Great. So, and I mean, this is a a, a little complicated. Because part yeah. of what, um, the part of the way VOA operates is, um, they work in conjunction with the Open Technology Fund. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, he fired pretty much everybody, and now they have brought, um, a lawsuit against, uh, him because they think that he, um, that he broke the law. in in taking some of the action that he's taken. So they filed a lawsuit, and the lawsuit was filed by four former members of the various advisory boards, and it includes uh, two U.S. ambassadors, former U.S. ambassadors. uh,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think because they're saying that their independence and protection from political interference, um, yeah. by, by taking the action that he's taken, it compromises the the firewall that separates any kind of political action from the, the journal, journalism aspect.
0: All right, so what I'm understanding is is that the wall between uh, freedom of the press. I mean, see, this is a hard one for me, and maybe you can help me out with understanding this. I, my understanding is that the press is supposed to have the freedom of expression to basically have the same freedoms as an individual, only in the public forum unless you say or do something extraordinarily dangerous or commit an act of treason. Um, so my feeling about this is, there is no oversight. Correct? There's no oversight over the department now, or rather, over Voice of America to guide what is being, what could potentially be broadcast. Is that correct?
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm not real. I mean, you have to remember that there are still plenty of journalists that work
0: for Voice of
1: America who are not right. uh, on board with this. Um, okay. Basically, everything's. If I'm understanding correctly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: basically, you know, all of this is now in question because of the lawsuit filed because he removed people that he may not have had the right to remove or may not have done it in a ah. proper way. Or or it threatens, you know, it, it it may be compromising the journalistic aspect of what Voice of America is all about. So I'm not really sure, right. you know, I mean... Either way, it does not bode well um, to have somebody like that in power. Uh, you know, it, we'll have to wait and see how this shakes out. But it is it is very right. really disturbing. Uh, and I just want to clarify that when it comes to journalism, a journalist's job is to report the news, to report the facts, um, and be as unbiased as as possible. And we can publish. You know, what we publish has to be true. So, you know, even if I think somebody is, you know, unless I can prove that they are in fact that, or I can reference where other people have called them that, although still that would probably not be the best of...
0: uh, (laughs) It's probably not not the the greatest task to take. Right, And, and I understand that. But it concerns me that something that had journalistic integrity could potentially lose that integrity because basically a Republican shill is now running it and it blurs, it blurs fact from fantasy. You know, we're, we're very familiar with the fact that this administration deals in a lot of fantasy or untruths or, you know, whatever you want to call they're given mythology or, or, you know, however you want to word it. My concern is, is if this is allowed to continue, um, knowing that, that certain people are in control of a lot of money, what happens then? You have now kicked down a door of something that people have always understood to be nonpartisan, and now it's become partisan. So what is, you know, we have to be careful and mindful of the fact that you know everything is not um guaranteed you know once you have to stay vigilant is is my point because something you knew to be a certain way forever um changes and you have to keep up with these changes i'll give you a very quick example i had a friend who needed public assistance at one point and at one point it was very easy to acquire public assistance However, when I took her to get it the the last time she needed it, she was told that she no longer qualified because even though the husband was not in the home, he was still responsible for paying certain bills, and she could not even get money to feed her kids um, so you have, she and she had no idea that the laws had changed, so I would say before you make an assumption about anything, make sure the facts are still the same because it changes at the speed of light. And in this administration, they like to roll out things, especially just prior to a weekend or a holiday when they think the American people are not paying attention. So that is why we bring all of this up. As pagans, we are at the end of that line, meaning that our... Pardon. Our needs, our opinions are the last ones considered, um, you know, as far as a religious entity. So I would say if you have a certain need, or especially during COVID, that you make sure everything uh, that you could possibly need from the government is still in place or find out what your alternatives are. Um, Propaganda is a wide sweeping thing. And uh, it sucks up a lot as it goes. And things change rapidly. You know, I will remind folks about when the Muslim ban went into effect uh, and nobody believed it was actually going to happen and that it happened and people were trapped at airports. Yeah. Um, so well, this is just indicative think, of how they operate.
1: I think that, you know, the probably... This is really concerning, and it affects everybody, because to have any administration, whether it be on the left or the right, uh, to make these kind of moves and try to turn something that is, uh, you know, what should be just nonpartisan
0: into Mm -hmm.
1: their own mouthpiece is 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 a little concerning and I mean and Trump has attacked sure. Voice of America on a number of a number of occasions, you know because they report oh, yeah. the news so I mean and if you're reporting the news about what the the Trump administration has been doing, then obviously uh, you know he's not going to be happy with with anybody that's that's really uh, reporting the news. Um, Some of the things that he's, you know, he's tweeted about Voice of America, you know, has been just uh, pretty awful, Uh, just really attacking them for doing their jobs.
0: So I think the same as he uh, does with the New York Times, you know, I mean, any journalism that disagrees with him seems to be uh, a welcome target for him. Uh, What I will say before we actually get off of this topic, because we are a little bit past moving on to our next topic, um, is I would ask everybody to be careful about your local news as well. Um, take what you hear with a grain of salt because local news uh, is very often controlled by the local government, not directly, but they are strongly encouraged to wean certain ways. There are certain broadcasts in my area in Charlotte where you can see which way they're leaning, and they don't hide it very well.
1: Well, Sinclair Broadcasting in particular is uh... – you know is very lean, leans very um, very to the to the right um which mm-hmm. they they control our local station here too All yep. right so so the next thing i have on 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 my list here um the um supreme court has issued a number of rulings uh in the last week or so that are definitely, um, it's a, it's a mixed bag. It is. Uh, the,
0: let's
1: start the most with the recent. Stuff. Yeah, let's start, the with the stuff, stuff. start with the bad stuff. Let's start with yeah. the bad stuff. Let's start with the bad stuff. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs>
1: so one of the, uh, mo- this is the most, this was, I think, this decision was handed down yesterday uh, and okay. it concerns – it was uh, Esbenoza um, versus the Montana Department of Revenue. And mm-hmm. it was focused on uh, tax credits for uh, scholarships for private school tuition. So it's basically affecting charter schools and um, whether or not uh, if they were uh, religious in orientation – uh, they could receive those tax credits. Now, um, what comes into contention here is the Free Exercise Clause, um, which protects religious observers against unequal treatment and mm-hmm. against laws that impose special disabilities on the status of. Um or, or of the religious status so now yeah uh, this is not so and they, they voted to to um to basically uphold uh the school in uh question, which was stillwater Christians school um, mm-hmm. which alleged that the rule discriminated on the basis of their religious views. And the mm-hmm. court agreed with them. And, you know, <laughs> it, well, and it's not really, I mean, anybody who was surprised by this really has not been paying attention. Uh, because going True all enough. the way back to, um, uh, I think it was 2017, yes, in, in June of 2017, um, Roberts uh, delivered a similar opinion. In uh, the case of Trinity Lutheran Church uh versus Comer uh which was in Missouri was where that that case originated and uh basically yeah. the the same thing the um M- uh, Missouri Department of Natural Resources offers uh state grants to help public and private uh Schools, profit daycare centers, and other nonprofit uh-huh. entities, um, and, and in this particular case, to uh, purchase rubber playground surfaces to replace pea gravel. And so, <laughs> wow. Trinity Lutheran, Trinity Lutheran operated a daycare, and they applied, um, you know, for a, for, assist, for assistance from this fund, and were denied, sure. and. Um, yeah. so, but Roberts ruled in their favor, which, I mean, honestly, if you look at it, uh, I mean, under the free exercise clause, uh, you know, I, I can't really disagree. So we already had that ruling. So, um, this latest ruling, I mean, I saw some people, you know, on social media, um, you know, their hair was yeah. on fire, uh, but I mean, it's really considering, um, considering the, the rulings prior to this, it's not really that, that surprising. It's uh, not. But,
0: yeah. if, but if they're allowed to do that, as, and I apologize for that sound, uh, there is a fire apparently down the street. Um, but if it's okay for them to claim that, what is to stop a pagan school from also asking for funds of some sort?
1: Well, that's the good news. That's the silver lining. Uh, That is absolutely (laughs) possible. You know, so if there are any pagan, uh, you know, uh, charter schools out there, uh, they could definitely use this most recent ruling on the Montana case uh, in their favor to be entitled to uh, tax credits and and possibly funding. So,
0: you know. Now, let me ask you. To, let me ask. Let me ask you a question. So, all right. So they've he, he, they went ahead. They okayed this for this Christian school. I have the distinct feeling that they would push back or want to push back very hard on a pagan school. What is to stop them in the current climate? Do we have enough of the law and people, you know, in government on our side? Who are fair-minded enough to say, well, if you're going to do it for the Christian school, you, you're going to have to do it for the pagan school as well.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and, and technically, in this case, you know, they're upholding the the free exercise clause, which is which you know doesn't just apply to Christianity; it re- applies it, it applies to all religion. Um, so, and all okay. on, pro, you know, so yeah, so this isn't just, it uh, doesn't apply just to to Christians that have, you know, in this case, it was a Christian organization that was asking, uh-huh. um for this, but it would have applied to, you know, any, they're saying that, that it, it violated their, um, you know it protects religious observers against
0: unequal treatment
1: that is the free exercise nice.
0: clause so cool. um, so is there any pagan schools listening you heard it go get that playground money
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well that was
1: the, that was the other one in in um in missouri but this most recent ruling applies to uh, basically a charter school uh Mm-hmm. And the Montana Department of Revenue.
0: Um, interesting. So. Very interesting. Well, I like that sometimes, you know, what looks initially like a real problem for us can actually wind up being uh, working in our favor. I mean, I, I love knowing that maybe pagans can have some of the benefits. I mean, certainly we're not applying for tax-free status, which I find upsetting and objectionable. I mean, if if Christianity gets to operate tax-free in a lot of cases, then what is to stop pagans from doing the same, you know?
1: Well, yeah, we just have to stand up and ask for it. That's how we got them to keep um, religious material out of the schools here. Because we said, Okay, sure, let's do that. We'll be right there with our books of shadows and um and other um pagan and, and witch things. So and um that pretty much stopped that right in its track. Um All right. So all
0: right. Well, let's uh move on to the
1: next thing. All right, so then the next um perhaps one of the biggest decisions that they that they've made um was regarding um uh June med servers and, uh, versus Russo um uh, which is the Louisiana case uh which basically they were um the the case in Louisiana uh Said that any doctor who performs abortions um, had to hold active admitting privileges to the um, to a hospital within 30 miles of uh, of the location the of where the abortion services yeah were performed, right. And that they had to conform to um, ambulatory. Uh, practices uh, so so
0: any clinic what, what that, that means that is being, like, being the, able to like ha- you have to have certain width to the hallways you have to be able to roll I guess a medical bed through through the halls yeah it, it of has their, to, their complaints
1: right it, it it really deals with like what's available on site um and yep. you know the width of hallways the width of doorways what kind of equipment they have um which all yeah. of this is 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 really unnecessary when it comes to uh you know abortion practices i mean it's it's you know it doesn't really apply and it's you know there have been other uh states where they've tried this and and um and it doesn't it hadn't gone as far as Louisiana did because uh, Louisiana um, the Louisiana court uh, said you know they, that they were going to uphold that uh, ruling so naturally yeah. it was appealed to the Supreme Court and uh, Roberts ruled it, ruled against it and basically said that, that already um, there were um, it was already established law. Um, right. And, and because it ties into uh, somewhat to Roe v. Wade, um, you know, there've been a couple of decisions prior to this um, whole woman's health uh, versus Heller street uh, or so yeah. Heller said, um, which was in uh, 2016, uh, you know, so, this is really good news for for uh, women's reproductive rights, and yeah. now that there is now that it's been ruled on at the federal level and by the Supreme Court, there's no way that uh, that they can use this as an argument basically to shut down abortion clinics because if if they had upheld that ruling. It would yeah. have effectively shut shut down um, all of these clinics in Louisiana and really left women with nowhere to get an abortion unless the provider had admitting rights at at hospitals and uh, you know and their facilities conform to these uh, to these you know parameters within the
0: facility. So this is really good news. Right. Um, but not just for an abortion. But, but before, before we move on to the next thing, I just want to say, please understand, folks, that clinics like that are not just for abortions. A lot of poor folks are only able to get their health care. Women are only able to get their reproductive health care through these kinds of facilities, if you start taking away their abilities to perform certain tasks, you are basically defunding them to a point where some of them will not be able to stay open. So it's, it's not exactly. just about the right to, to have abortions. There's a lot more on the line for the local folks than that. For some people, it is the closest uh, doctor that they have. And that's, you know, a lot of these places are in rural areas, and they're not within 30 miles of a hospital. So, you know, it's important that that we know the full scope and not, oh, it's just for abortions. It's for a lot more. I just wanted to make that point. Right. Well,
1: I mean, even, you know... Uh, the facilities that Planned Parenthood operates, I mean, like, they're the total number, I mean, the percentage of, abort- of, of abortions that they do is really small compared to uh, the other services that they offer. Um, just like mm-hmm. annual Pap smears for for women, uh, screening yep. for breast cancer, and a lot of these clinics yep. also, you know, they also serve men. So it's not just women's uh, reproductive health, but they also, um, you know, serve serve men as well. Um, you know, yep. it, it, yeah. So it would be a, it would definitely be a loss. But no woman, I mean, and this is my opinion, that no woman should have to carry a pregnancy to term that she doesn't want to, regardless, for whatever reason.
0: It's not my business to know. It's, you know, that's (laughs) between her and her doctor and whatever deity she looks at. I mean, that's, we really need to start letting people make their own decisions. You know, that's what free will was supposed to be about, I thought. But, uh you know, what do I know? So let's uh, move on. It, okay.
1: Um, yeah. So the other really huge decision uh, that was handed down this week was concerning DACA. And yep. um, this is, you know, which on one hand, this is really uh, – This is both good news and, um, but it still doesn't doesn't resolve the issue. Um, Basically, they've just remind
0: folks. Let let let's just remind folks about the Dreamers Act real quick. Um, This is where folks uh, who have come to this country as children with their parents are considered naturalized citizens. Um, they are also, have also been referred to by this administration as, quote-unquote, and not just them but others, as, quote-unquote, anchor babies, by which the parents are now allowed to stay in the country because they have a child who is an American citizen by, oh, no, oh, okay, I've got a correction, I've okay. got a correction. Okay.
1: So DACA refers to de- deferred action uh, for childhood arrivals. Okay. Mm-hmm. So DACA okay. specifically refers to children who were brought to this country
0: before, okay. you
1: know, like when they were like two or or as babies or ah. even as, as young children. Um, but not born here. Okay. That's a
0: different thing. Is that correct?
1: Right, right. So an anchor baby would be like, say, an, uh, an immigrant comes across the border, any border, and is here for whether it's ten minutes or ten years and then has has a baby that child is automatically an American citizen. Um, the Dreamers Act is all connected to the to these to the children uh, of DACA, which are these children who were okay. brought to the us um, you know okay. as children so they really didn't have any say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, of course, many of them are now, you know, I mean, they're in their their 20s and 30s. Um, Yes, they are. They they have no point of reference for whatever country that they came from. Uh, So imagine being brought to the U.S. and um, as a child spending your whole life here and then being sent back to a country that you know absolutely nothing about. Um, I can't imagine anything more traumatic. Okay. But, but so what the ruling that they, you know, basically they um, um, held uh, or defer, you know, basically they've kept anything from happening with these children being deported for now, children which are now adults. Um, you know, right. Right? That, doesn't, that doesn't mean that uh, the Trump administration won't challenge it again. Uh, in fact, there's already been talk of that, um, you know, so we, we have to see how, how, that, how that works out. But for now, um, you know, this allows them to apply for, you know, continued financial aid and, 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 and other things. So um, right. it would be really nice if, if Congress and the Senate could uh, pass legislation that would protect these people, um, you know, and settle this for once and for all.
0: Uh, seriously. Robert's,
1: uh, we were talking earlier, uh, privately that, um, Ro- you know, a lot of people have been really surprised by Robert's, uh, decisions because he's side, he's sided with the more liberal side of the court on, um, several of these decisions.
0: Right. And,
1: uh, my take on it is that, uh, while some people were surprised, I feel like Robert's God is the law, regardless of whether, you know, his, you know, being a Christian or whatever, that his real God is the law. And if it's case law and it's mm-hmm. already established, he's going to, he's going to, that's the direction he's going to go.
0: Your thoughts? Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I do not feel, and some folks, you know, had said to me, oh, is he, you know, is he coming more to our side? And my feeling is, no, it's not that I feel like he's coming to our side. As you said, I think he is a respecter of the law. You know, I watched his confirmation hearings with great interest, obviously, um, because for me, the Supreme Court and the makeup of the Supreme Court is more important than who the president is, because presidents come and go. And, you know, finally, it's 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 a situation where, you know, the Supreme Court makes decisions basically forever, or as long as they're alive. And you have to hope that somebody is on your side of... Uh, making these decisions, you know, or at least not tearing down established law. So I completely agree with you. I think uh, you know, the whole Roberts thing being liberal is, is a farce. Uh but he is a brilliant man, whether or not you like him. So that is my feeling on that, for sure. Um Wow yeah, well, forty five. Yeah. You know. No, go ahead. We still have a couple of minutes no, left.
1: No, I- I I I agree. I mean, I think there in in no sense of the word is Roberts a liberal, but also right, right he is going to uphold the law above all else. He is not going to compromise. You know, I, I personally I think that the decision that he will regret that will haunt him for for his entire life and beyond is is the United um citizens, citizens united,
0: united. Yeah, I was going to say that. See, we're on the same page. I totally agree, 100%. I think that has cost us all. Um, You know, when you make an entity uh, as valuable as a human and you put all that power behind a candidate, it it causes chaos. And I think it is one of the worst uh, Supreme Court decisions ever made. I agree with you. I don't know that that can be undone but um if folks are more interested in in knowing about supreme court uh supreme court cases and to see the calendar of upcoming uh cases they should go to scotus blog uh and check it out because the supreme court affects us all pagan and not pagan wouldn't you agree yeah
1: i i would i would and yeah scotus blog it's literally scotusblog.com um they Perfect. offer uh a, a full schedule of what the court is considering. And uh, then they, they blog about um, the decisions as they're rendered. It's a, it's a great resource if you, if you want to understand how the court works and, and the decisions that they're, that they're handing down. So it's a great resource.
0: Perfect. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, we really appreciate you joining us for the first edition of the 415. We will be back the first Thursday of every month. And if you have anything you want us to address, any particular uh, questions about things in the news, you can go ahead and send that to DesperateHouseSwitches at gmail.com, and we will review your questions, and maybe we will even mention you on an upcoming broadcast. But for now, my name is Raina Starr, and with me, uh, Star Bustamante. We are wishing you all a great month, and we will talk to you soon. Have a great one, everybody. All right. Yeah. Bye.